we're listening. Amen. Amen. Good morning. You may be seated. Tom, you already, we sung the message this morning. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just pray those things, those words we've sung would sink deep, deep, deep into our souls, our hearts. Uh, Jesus is on the throne. He is the Lord of all and worthy, worthy to receive our worship this morning. Well, happy birthday, church. <laughs> Do you know what today is? T today is Pentecost Sunday. So if you look at the church calendar, there's things that are, are very, very important that are part of God's story. And uh, we, we all know Christmas, right? And, we, and Easter. But Pentecost is an important, important time. It's the, the birth of the church. And if you think about it, Jesus, in fact, uh, Bill talked about this last week. He talked about the Holy Spirit. The whole last part of his ministry, his last words to his disciples were, wait in Jerusalem because I have a gift for you. I'm going to give you something. You cannot follow me. You cannot live out the life and the, 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 the plan, the purpose I have without this gift. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And so what defines us as the church is the, the very presence of God indwelling in his people. Does that stun you? <laughs> the, the Romans 8 says, the very spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives within us. That's power. Uh, I was interested to uh, read a, a book this past year. I didn't read the whole book, but I, I saw parts of it of a uh, academic, a uh, historian, and, and it, it's very common in our culture to bash Christians. Like, we, we hear a lot of negative thoughts about Christians and the church, but, but he began to look historically and, uh, and tried to look at it objectively, but his conclusion was, was stunning, is that almost everything good that we experience in Western civilization has its roots in the church and the Christian message. And uh, that day of Pentecost, a power was unleashed in this world that's changed the world forever. Um, I love history, and if you look back at the Roman Empire, it was very common for all these temples, and, and, and there were prostitutes in the temples, and there was all these unwanted kids that were left out to die, and, and the Christians began known as, as people who, who cared about those babies who were left out to die, and they would go, and they would gather and men, and they would raise them in their own homes. And, and, and the Romans begin to say, there's something different about these people. They're not like us. And within 300 years, the whole Roman Empire was overtaken by the power of God's Spirit in his people. And you see that not just in Roman culture, but in every culture across our planet. You see the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in his people. It's undeniable the change that God brings to our lives. And every one of us could stand up this morning who've received the Holy Spirit and say, God changed something in me. He gave me something new. He gave me a new perspective on all my relationships and how I live my life. And so the Holy Spirit is worth celebrating. <laughs> so happy birthday to the church. Amen. And I love, I love that Dorcas sang that song because God's people are gathered all over the world in every language worshiping him. Well, we're going through a series um, that looks at the big story of God. And this uh, scripture that's been given to us, uh, the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's given to us by the Spirit of God. It's the revelation of who God is. Is a story, and it's a story about God. It's his revelation of who he is and what he's doing 
in our world, in our lives, and, and, and not only in history, but right now, presently. And so we're looking at the big picture of God's story, and it's a story about his glory. Uh, we like to think that we're the center of the story, and, and we are important. God has a special, important place for us. We're the, we're the um, highest, most special creation that God has ever made. We're made in his image. Yet, we're not the center of the story. God is. And this whole book reveals what that story is. And so we've been looking at themes of the story, looking at God as creator. He made the heavens and the earth, and everything exists for his glory, and he is at the very center of everything. And so creation points to him and his glory, and that he is worthy of worship as creator. And we've looked at the kingdom of God. The message of Jesus was repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. God is a king. And the story says the problem in the world is a rebellion against the king, that sin is ultimately rebellion against God. Because we want to be at the center, we try to reject and fight against God. And so God as king is bringing justice and rightness. And so repentance is the change, changing of our thinking, the changing of our minds to understand who God is as creator, as king overall. And our greatest joy is to bow our knee and say, Jesus, you are Lord. <laughs> that is the greatest, greatest hope for the world is that we would bow our knees and recognize his kingship, his kingdom over all things. And then we've looked at this story that God wants a relationship with us. And Nick shared with us the beauty of covenantal relationship. And I love, Nick, that you shared that marriage is the greatest picture that we have of what God intends for us. This uh, committed relationship that's unconditional. And so that way, marriage becomes this picture of God and his people, this relationship, this covenantal relationship. And all the Old Testament covenants lead to one final complete covenant in Jesus Christ, a covenant that will last forever. And so we're secure <laughs> in God, in a relationship. And God's made a way through the atonement, the shedding of blood, and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, and his glorious resurrection makes a way for us to be made new and clean and righteous before God. And so we are brought into right relationship with God, the covenant and the atonement. And then we looked at the temple and how God, at the very center of all things, has revealed to us his holiness. We sang that this morning, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. There's no greater truth than that. Yet we're called to be a worshiping people. And so the temple reveals God's holiness and our purpose as worshipers of him at the very center of all things. And then we looked at the church, <laughs> the new temple, no longer in a building or a place, but in a people where God indwells with his holy presence, his very spirit in us. And the church isn't a place, it's not a building organization, it's a people. And it's our identity, who we are in Christ. A church called to a specific mission and purpose. That's why ecclesia, the Greek word, means a called out group for a certain purpose, for a certain uh, reason. And that reason Bill explored last week as God's personal mission, transformation. God is a personal God, and he's involved intricately in all of us in this relational union with the Spirit of God in Christ. And we're being made new day by day. God is transforming us. We call this sanctification. And Bill described that beautifully yesterday in that we walk with God <laughs> individually, but as a people as well. And this morning, we're going to look at the second part of God's mission. It's both personal, but it's also global. <laughs> and so 
you are infinitely valuable and important to God personally, individually, but it's so much bigger than that. God's story is so much bigger. He's a God of global people. And his mission, his purpose for the church isn't just our inward transformation, it's also the outward transformation of all things. And so God has a global mission. And so this is the story of God's glory and worship among the nations. I don't have time this morning to explore every scripture, but there's a bookmark that we had in the back, and it outlines, and I, I challenge you to do this. Read the Bible and look through, as you go through the story of God, look how many times the nations are referred to. The peoples, or foreigners, or Gentiles. There's a lot of different words, but it all is pointing to this, this heart of God for all people, all nations, all people groups, all languages, all tribes. God's purpose is global, and you see that. And you can go through these scriptures and see all the ways in which God has revealed that heart and that passion from the very beginning, all the way from Genesis, very beginning to Adam and Eve's commissioning mandate where he says, go and fill the earth. Fill the earth. And I agree with Bill. That's not just making babies. It's, it's God's global passion and mission for all people to be in relationship with him and to worship him and to know him as their Lord and their God and their creator and their maker and the sustainer of all life. And so you see that passion in Abraham where God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm picking you. But through you, all peoples will be blessed. All nations, all people groups will be blessed through you. Psalm 96, I want to read this morning as we start this message. It'll be on the screen. And I love Psalm 96 because it kind of, it, it culminates the passion of God for the world and the peoples of the world. He says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. And I love that it's, it's a new song because this is a, a joy that cannot be contained. It's got to be expressed Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. And if you have experienced his salvation, you can't help but proclaim it. <laughs> you can't help but talk about it. When you've experienced the salvation of God, it, it bursts out of us like a song. We cannot help but talk about it. Declare his glory among the nations. So we've said this story is a story of God's glory. But it's just not a personal glory. There is a personal glory, but it's bigger than just a personal glory. And so it's, a, it's, it's infinitely valuable that you've experienced the salvation of God, that you've received the forgiveness of your sins, that you are made new, that you are made whole, that you are healed, that you are clean. But God's glory is bigger than just you and me. It's the nations recognizing, declaring that, God, you are glorious. And there's nothing more beautiful or wonderful than you. His marvelous deeds among all people. And so not just the Jews, not just Americans, all people, that his marvelous deeds will be made known. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. You see, God, not only is he saving and healing, but he's also destroying all false gods. <laughs> he is victorious. He wins the battle. There's an epic battle for his glory, and he's going to win against evil. This world is full of evil and false worship, and God is going to destroy that, and he is going to be made known above all other gods. For all the gods in the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. 
You see, he is not a God just for one certain people. He's the God of all nations because he created everything. <laughs> He's glorious. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all the families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. I was just talking to one of our greeters this morning. It's good news that God is judging <laughs> the world. Right now, there's conflict. You open the, the newspaper, you open the, the news articles, and there's war, conflict, struggle. Who's right? Who's wrong? God will judge the nations. He will judge the world. Only he can judge rightly, and that's good news. He will judge the peoples with equity. And what's the result of that? Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad where there's justice, there's joy. And only God can bring that justice. And so there's joy because there's hope that God will make things right. Let the sea resound and all that in it is. Let the fields be jubilant, everything in them. Let the trees and the forest sing for joy. Can you hear the trees singing this morning as this rain comes down? Everything is rejoicing because God is Lord. And he is judge, and he's going to make everything right. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes, and he comes to judge the earth. And that's our message. Jesus is Lord, and he's coming, and he's going to judge the earth. Are we going to be fighting him, or are we going to be kneeling to worship him? Right? How will they know, Paul says? How will they know unless we go and we proclaim this reality, he will judge the world in righteousness and all the peoples in his faithfulness. God is good. <laughs> he said, I did not come to judge the world or, or to condemn the world. He will judge the world. He did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. He's faithful. He's good. His message is one of joy. And so when we talk about God's global mission, the word I want you to hold on to is joy. <laughs> joy. Now, when we talk about this theme, a lot of thoughts of, of sacrifice and cost, and there is a sacrifice. Jesus said, if you come after me, you must deny yourself, and there is a cost. There's a cost. Those early Roman Christians, as they brought those babies into their homes, and as they began to proclaim that Jesus is Lord, because in that day, it's the, the declaration was Caesar is Lord, and when they said Jesus is Lord, that was offensive to Caesar, that was offensive to the government, and so what did they do? They tied those Christians up to poles, and they set them on fire. They fed them to lions. There's a cost, but there's joy. And those early Christians, what did they do? They sang songs of joy. Because they knew who was Lord, and they knew who was judge, and they knew that God was going to accomplish his mission, and he was going to make all things right again. So this is God's passion, his passion for the world, his passion for the nations. So here's what I want us to realize. The church, we exist as part of God's story for much more than just ourselves. I love coming to church, and I love singing with you, and I love greeting you, and I love being with you. But 
I don't just come here for me, and I can't just be a pastor because it's good for me. Like, we've come, and we're part of God's body for a greater purpose, and it's God's purpose. It's God's mission. That's what ecclesia means. It means we're brought together for a purpose, a specific reason. And so God's purpose is both personal in that he's transforming us, he's forming us, and so discipleship, transformation is essential to who we are and what we do as the church, but there's also a mission that God has for us that is global. And we see this in the story of Acts. As the Holy Spirit is poured out and the church is born, immediately, what do the disciples start to do? They go out and they start proclaiming, Jesus is Lord, repent for the kingdom of God is hand. Come, be baptized, receive Christ because there's forgiveness of sins, there's healing, there's hope in his name. Come to Jesus. And so they proclaimed him. They declared him and they gathered to worship, but then they would go out and they would send each other out into the world. And so as a church, we're not just called to gather, but we're also called to scatter, to go. And we see this highlighted in Acts over and over, but Acts 13 is a juncture in the church because God has the church in Antioch formed. And uh, what's so beautiful about the Antioch church is this is the first multi-ethnic church. And how do we know that? Verse 1 through 3. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, uh, called Niger, Lucia, uh, Lucius of Cyrene, Menan, who'd been brought up with Herod, uh, with Herod Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, look at those names. Those aren't just Jewish names. There's an African there. There's people from other nations, other tribes. Remember, the, the Spirit is being poured out, not just on Jews, but, but they said, even the Gentiles are speaking in tongues. Even the Gentiles are receiving the Holy Spirit. God is doing something bigger. And the Jews were like, wait a minute, I thought we were the chosen people. And God's like, you are, but, but my plan is bigger. <laughs> it's bigger than just you. The Spirit of God is breaking out, unleashed on the world. The power of God is being made known. And what, were the, what was the church doing? They were worshiping the Lord, just like we are today. They're gathered to worship the Lord. They're hearing the word. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, fasting, fellowship, breaking of bread. And they were sharing their possessions. The Holy Spirit said, do you hear that? The Holy Spirit said, the Spirit of God is in us. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Jesus said, to the disciples. As I have been sent in the world, I now send you. You see, at the very core of who we are as a church is we are being sent into the world. Paul says you are ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through you. Paul says in Romans 10, how will they know unless we tell them? We are God's plan. <laughs> his choice was to work through us to make known his glory among the nations. So after they had fasted and pray, prayed, they placed their hands on Paul and Barnabas and they sent them. And we know the story of Acts. Paul and Barnabas go up to all these places and they proclaim Jesus as Lord. And so God's global mission is essential to who we are as the church of Jesus Christ. It's not just about consuming good preaching or, or good worship or good children's programs, those are all important. They have a place, but we have a purpose. We have a reason why we exist, and it's to declare God's glory among the nations. Um, the story of God is very personal to me. Uh, my grandparents were um, 
from Arizona. Uh, they were cotton farmers. Uh, maybe some of you have heard of Buckeye, Arizona, but that's where they were. And, uh, and my great-grandfather uh, was a successful farmer. And so my grandfather was set to inherit the farm. And uh, he and my grandmother um, attended this little Baptist church, and God wrecked their plan. <laughs> and uh, so they were, they were all set to farm and just live out uh, a normal American life. And one Sunday, uh, a man from India came and proclaimed this message that I'm sharing with you today, that God's glory is to be made known among the nations and that they will not know Jesus unless someone tells them. And God brought the conviction of the Holy Spirit on my grandparents' lives. And that day, they decided we're not going to farm. We're going to go and share Jesus somewhere else. And they didn't know where, but they were obedient to the Lord. And uh, they, they left their family, their farm, and they moved to uh, northern Argentina and lived among the Guarani people in northern Argentina, a tribe. And that's where my father grew up. And if I could characterize my grandparents' life, it would be the word joy. <laughs> joy and passion for the Lord. And because of their lives, there's hundreds, maybe even thousands of people in northern Argentina that worship Jesus today. And I share that story. It's very personal to me, but but it's not just about becoming a missionary or a pastor, but God's writing that story in so many people's lives. In fact, I was just thinking this morning, not only about my grandparents, but thinking about uh, some really dear friends that I knew back in, in Minnesota when I pastored there. And, uh, and he was a, a surgeon, and she was a family doctor. But their passion was not just to practice medicine, but they understood God's global glory and his story of bringing Jesus to the nations. And right now, this morning, they're in the Horn of Africa, in the, one of the most dangerous, most difficult places on the planet to live. And they're practicing surgery and medicine, but their passion is to make Jesus known among people who have never, ever heard the name of Jesus. And so you can be a, a doctor, but you don't even have to go overseas. I think of another man this morning who I knew back in Minnesota, he was a very successful businessman. He had started many companies and, and, and had millions and millions of dollars. But, but God got a hold of his heart, and he had a passion for God's global mission. And I, I think about his life, and I think about all the nations and all the ministries and all the people that he has, has given and, and spent his life in blessing. And so my, what I'm sharing these stories about is it's not just pastors, missionaries. It's all of us that are part of this global story of God's glory. And if I think about my grandparents and parents, it wasn't just their call, but it was hundreds and thousands of people who prayed and supported and worked with them and seeing what God could do. It's also personal to me, not just because of how it impacted my grandparents' life and how that impacted me, um, but also I remember my wife and I living in Minnesota, and we were part of a church plant, and uh, and, and we were praying about where God was going to send us next. And, um, and I speak Spanish because I grew up in, in Venezuela. And, and, and so people had said, you know, why there, there was a large Latino population. We need a, a Latino pastor or a church here. Why don't you plan it? And I said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not interested. I had no zero desire to, to, uh, to do that. Um, but I remember one night we had gotten together with some friends. And afterwards, I was out in the living room just praying and I've rarely had this in my life, but, but I had a vision from the Lord. 
and uh, it wrecked me. Because as I was there on my knees, God revealed his love and his passion for the Latino population in this town uh, where, we, where we came from. And I couldn't say no. I said, God, if you love him that much, I want to love him that much. And God revealed to me his heart, his love for these people. And I remember we left everything we knew, and we moved to this town, and we didn't know how to start a church among Latino people, but we just started proclaiming Jesus as Lord and loving people and discipling people. Five years later, I remember walking into the church, and there were over 200 people worshiping Jesus in Spanish. And I, said, and I was in the back, and God was at the center of it, and I said, God, how did you do this? And I realized this is God's passion. He wants to reach the nations. He wants to reach people and bring them into relationship and to know him and to worship him and glorify him. This is God's story and he includes us in his story. This has impacted Rimrock and so I'm really excited. I have a video here um, of someone who's part of our church who's been impacted by God's global mission. Amy DeLang uh, and Lee DeLang have been part, grew up in this church. In fact, um, I see Gary Albers here, and right next to Gary is uh, Pastor Ed Schubach. Would you mind raising your head, Pastor Ed? So pa Pastor, Pastor Ed was the second pastor of Rimrock Church, and I, I just, I, I appreciate you so much, brother, and just talking to you a few minutes this morning, your passion for the lost and how God has impassioned you. And so we're here today because People were faithful in proclaiming Christ. So someone knocked on Amy DeLang's family's door one day and invited them to church and shared Jesus with them. I'm going to have Amy share uh, on a, a, via video here. Um, so Levi, we can go ahead and share that, share that. Good morning. Pastor Ben has been sharing the story of God's glory, and he asked me um, here this morning to share a little bit about my own story. Uh, I first came to Rimrock Church when I was six years old, and I knew nothing about God or Jesus or the Bible. My family had been invited to attend a new church that was starting at Johnson Siding, and along with my two sisters, my parents, we came that first Sunday and heard for the first time how much God loves us. I first heard about God's love for me in the basement of the A-frame. Eventually, my two sisters, my mom and dad, we all came to know Jesus as our savior and friend, and we were all eventually baptized. When my older sister, Stacy, was 11 years old, she heard the story uh, here at Rimrock about Amy Carmichael in India. And at that time, she felt God's uh, prompting on her heart to become an overseas missionary. And many of you might know that my sister Stacy did just that, and she was a missionary in India, Mexico, and most recently Lebanon. So I never felt called to missions like my sister, but I also think I had a misunderstanding of what it meant to be a missionary and to be a part of God's story and his global mission. I thought either you were a missionary and you went overseas, you ate exotic food, you learned a foreign language, and you were now a missionary. I've since come to learn that mission, or really God's mission, is not just for a few Christians. 
For the past 20 years, I've been able to be a part of Rimrock's world mission team. I have heard countless stories of teenagers going on their first short-term mission trip. I've been able to gather with regular people that have responded to God's call and they've served him faithfully in France, China, Brazil, Costa Rica, India, Tanzania. I also have the privilege of being able to encourage and send and support many teams of rim rockers as they've also responded to God's invitation. I've since come to know that my place in God's mission was really not overseas like my sister Stacy. He wanted me right here in South Dakota, mobilizing, encouraging, and supporting his big purpose, God's story of glory. Rimrock's world mission team vision statement is to create kingdom partnerships throughout the world, to engage the entire church body, and to create opportunities to allow people to follow his spirit. We know that Jesus lived his life with joy and purpose. He was constantly seeking the will of the Father and desired to bring him glory in all that he did. We want you, Rimrockers, to also engage in God's big story. Each of us has a part to play, and we can do it wisely, and we can do it well. God has taught me that a regular person can have a part in his big mission. I have a role to play just as you do. And I'm inviting you now to join me and the rest of Rimrock as we play our part well and wisely and that we become like Jesus and we live a life of joy and purpose. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Someone knocked on the Albers door. Was there a cost to that? <laughs> yeah, there was a cost. There's a cost, but there's joy. You remember, Amy said there's a joy. And Pastor Ed was just talking about sitting over here at Johnson Siding with neighbors around here. And, and there was a cost to that, right? But, but this morning you were so full of joy. What, what God did by hanging out with those guys, sharing Jesus with those guys. And so it's both local and global. And we all have a part to play. But it's God's mission, and we get to be part of it. <laughs> we get to join him, and it's the most amazing, most thrilling thing that we could ever be part of. I want to end, and I'm going to invite the worship team up by reading a couple scriptures out of Revelation, because this is, this is where human history is going. This is where God is leading us. This is, this is where the story ends, and it's beautiful. Revelation 7, after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. That's a big crowd. From every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes. That's the, the righteousness of Jesus. They're, they're forgiven. They're made clean. And they were holding palm branches. Joy, celebration. <laughs> and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, and they worshiped, saying, Amen. Yes, may it be. 
praise and glory, wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. In Revelation 21, this is the final picture of what God is creating. He's starting in us through his Holy Spirit. He's making everything new. I did not see a temple in the city because now we're the temple. (laughs) Because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. God dwelling with his people, Ezekiel 37, I will be their God and they will be my people. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations, you see that? The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. And so just get your mind around what heaven's going to look like. It's not just going to be a cloud. (laughs) There's nations, there's kings. There's commerce. There's all kinds of activity happening because God said, go and fill the earth and subdue it. And so the new creation is going to be wonderful. Every gift, every passion, everything you enjoy, everything that's good will be there. And the nations will be there. And they will bring their honor and glory to God. Nothing impure will ever enter it. Nor will anyone who does not who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Lord, we thank you. Oh, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You came into this world to make it new. Lord, thank you for starting with us. God, we want to join you in what you are doing. Thank you for your passion for the nations, your passion for the peoples of the world. Lord, fill us with that passion. Help us to see the joy. Let the nations be glad and rejoice. Fill us with joy, Lord. As Jesus said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Lord, laying down our lives is nothing because you are worthy. And it's a joy to be part of your story. In Jesus' name, amen.